ETF Insights is brought to you by Nico Asset Management. Your goals, our commitment. Welcome to ETF Insights. I'm your host, Michelle Martin. An ETF is a fund traded on an exchange that generally tracks a specific index with the aim of replicating its performance. Now, ETFs can provide instant access to a diversified portfolio in one trade. They typically also have lower fees than actively managed funds. An ETF can hold a basket of securities. And in fact, today I take an exclusive look at an ETF that tracks an index of bonds. The Nikko AM ABF Singapore Bond Index Fund trades on the SGX. Its ticker is A35. My guest is Eugen Lim, Senior ETF Business Development Manager from Nikko Asset Management Asia Limited. Eugen, welcome. Thank you for having me on the show. Now, what is the ABF Singapore Bond Index Fund and what does it comprise and track? So the ABF Singapore Bond Index Fund, it is mouthful in the morning, isn't it? Well, colloquially, it's just colloquially known as the ABF ETF. So as you mentioned, it is an index fund and it seeks investment results that correspond closely to the total return of the, this is another mouthful, the index, which is the IBOX ABF Singapore Bond Index. And this is before fees and expenses. So this index comprises of Singapore dollar denominated bonds issued by the Singapore government or Singapore government-linked entities. Some names you might be familiar with, uh, HDB, Tamasic Financial, Land Transport Authority are just a couple. Uh, The index may also include Singapore dollar bonds issued or guaranteed by other Asian governments or Asian quasi-government entities or even supranational financial institutions. All right, I'll touch on the Singapore dollar bonds issued by other Asian governments in a while. But first, can you give us a flavor of the bonds in the ETF now? Yeah, so if you look at it as, uh, you know, just as, as a breakdown, right? So let me try to give you a broad breakdown. As at the end of July uh, 2023, about 80%, so predominantly, uh, the ABF Singapore Bond Index Fund is, uh, has invested in bonds issued by the government of Singapore. Uh, the other 20 is spread across bonds issued by Singapore government-linked entities. So HDB, LTA, Tamasic Financial, and even Singapore Power Assets. Would Singapore dollar bonds issued or guaranteed by other Asian governments or quasi-government entities, would they be included in futures, uh, so to speak? No, yeah, absolutely. So Singapore dollar Denominated bonds uh, issued by these other Asian governments or quasi-government bonds could be included in index, uh, even though there are none in the ETF today, right? But and really, that's because Singapore dollar-denominated bond issuance by these other Asian governments are relatively rare. But you know, I, I did promise to to give you a bit of a flavor. I think there was one some time ago, uh, about a couple mm. of years ago, issued by the Export and Import Bank of Korea, and Sometime back as well, another one issued by the Korean Development Bank. So these were included in the ETF, but even then, they were only a small percentage of the index at that time. So roughly about 1% thereabouts. So not a, not a major uh, component of the index or ETF. We're going to go into the index in, in just a while, but can you tell us a little bit about the index? Oh, so... The index, it's, it's, it's really Singapore dollar-denominated bonds uh, issued by the Singapore government or Singapore quasi-government entities, so HDB, LTA, etc. It is important that these bonds are also subjected to a minimum maturity of one year 
as well as some basic liquidity and liquidity rules and accessibility, right? Um, lastly, this index is also rebalanced on a monthly basis. So every month you would expect that the constituents and the makeup of bonds in the ETF would be slightly different. All right. Eugene, how long has this ETF been around for? A long time, a long time. It's easy for me to remember because it was uh, launched the year I started school. So I hope I'm not revealing my age too much. Uh, but this was, uh, has been around since uh, August 2005. Um, for the history buffs out there, um, it really was the first uh, Singapore-listed ETF to cover the Singapore fixed income market. So uh, I, I would say there was a fair bit of excitement at the time of its launch. I can imagine. Wow, this is a historical ETF we're talking about. How often does the ABF Singapore Bond Index Fund pay distributions and what is its distribution yield? What's the latest one? Um, okay, so the good news is that distributions from the ETF come you know, more often than Christmas. So, you know, you've got two things to look forward to, uh, two dates to look forward to if you're an investor. Uh, it, it pays out distributions on a semi-annual basis. The latest distribution yield, it's about 2.4%. Um, I, I, let me walk you through the mats. Uh, the latest payout was in July 2023. It was $0.0127 uh, per unit. And if we rewind six months back, the payout in January 2023 was $0.0123 per unit. So put together uh, with the last price of around $1.043 uh, in August, uh, that works out to 2.4% distribution yield. Oh, so, right. Uh, that sounds good. I, I do have to, to mention that distributions are not necessarily guaranteed. <laughs> uh, and, and, but it does, these distributions comprise only of distributable income. So past payout use and payments do not represent future payout use and payments. Important qualifier there. Now, when we talk about yields, we have to talk about what is currently flavor of the month, so to speak. So how does the ABF Singapore Bond Index Fund compare to, say, the likes of T-bills or Singapore government securities, which I can invest in directly? Very good question. A uh, question that my parents posed to me over dinner uh, out of the blue one day. And, and really, I think that's really the flavor of the month, as, as you mentioned, right? Even so that even my parents, who are not generally the most enthusiastic about bonds as an asset class, are suddenly you know, aware that T-bills are giving 4% use per annum. So I've tried to break it down into you know, a handful of you know, key differentiators. And, and really, let's start with, I think, the capital appreciation potential between these, these, these two classes, right? So for T-bills and uh, SGS, these instruments are not usually associated with potential capital appreciation, right? Uh, investors put in the money and they expect that they will receive the principal amount at maturity. And because you know, these are uh, instruments guaranteed by the Singapore government, fully backed by the Singapore government, that is of quite a high certainty. But really, it's, it's not really something that they do, that they invest in with the expectation of capital appreciation. Whereas for the ABF, there is no guarantee that you get that capital appreciation is, is there. However, it is an aspect because there is a potential if interest rates in a market start to fall. And because of the inverse relationship between interest rates and bond prices, you, you do have that potential for capital appreciation. So if interest rates start to get cut, then the capital appreciation of this bond will see uh, an increase. 
yeah, there, there will be increased potential for capital potential. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that you can look forward to depending on the conditions in the market. I think another aspect, another key differentiator is, is really the minimum investment amount. For T-bills, for SGS, the minimum investable amount, it's 1,000 Singapore dollars. For the ABF ETF, the minimum tradable units on the SGS is actually just one unit. And that means for as low as just about $1, uh, you can get exposure to the Singapore government bonds, right? a whole basket of it. Uh, this is uh, excluding any brokerage fees. Another aspect that we always like to differentiate, uh, look at, is, is the term. So for T-bills, it's you know, anything from six, six months to 12 months. Uh, for SGS, it's anything from two years all the way up to 50 years. Right? Whereas for the ABF, what happens is that you immediately, immediately get exposure to the full maturity curve of the underlying Singapore government securities or the sub-sovereign bonds. Right? The average maturity of these bonds in the entire basket is about 10 years, right? give or take a little bit, and depending on the composition of the underlying market. What happens is that the manager of the fund, Nico Asset Management, will usually sell the bonds as they exit the index. And what it means is that when the maturity of the bonds in the basket start to go below one year, they will exit the index and they will not wait for maturity. Flexibility is always an issue in case of any emergencies, for example. No early redemption is allowed for T-bills and SGS. You can sell them in the secondary market, but there are some hoops that you do have to, to jump through. Uh, really unlike the ABF ETF, which because it trades on the XGX, essentially for all intents and purposes, as long as the market is open, as long as the exchange is open, you can buy or sell the ETF unit anytime in the day. I think the last question, going back to the conversation I had with my parents, you know, headline number in the mind, 4% uh, per annum on an instrument of maturity, you know, six months to 12 months. We have to be honest that that yield, that 4% thereabouts that you're getting from T-bills is higher in general. For the ABF, because uh, you're getting exposure to the entire curve, so anything from two years all the way up to 50 years, the yield on the ABF ETF is generally lower compared to T-bills for now. You mentioned a broad exposure in terms mm -hmm. of bonds. What is the average credit rating then of the ABF Singapore Bond Index Fund? Yeah, the, the average credit rating of the of the Singapore Bond Index Fund is triple A, which is the credit rating of the Singapore government bonds that makes up the ETF. And this triple A uh, credit rating really reflects, you know, the very high credit quality of Singapore government bonds. It is not an easy credit rating. You know, it's 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 been given by Fitch, all three international credit rating agencies, Fitch, Moody's, and SNP. And, and as I said, there are not that many issuers in the world right now who have this AAA credit rating. We know some that just got downgraded, but we won't go there. Now, investors, <laughs> <laughs> investors are always concerned about fees. Eugene, can you walk us through and give us an illustration of the expense ratio of this ETF? I think that's a, that's a very good question, a very valid question for all investors out there. Uh, something that we always encourage our, you know, our, our investors to look at. The total expense ratio of the ABF ETF is 0.24% per annum. But telling you that it's 0.24% per annum in a vacuum, in isolation, uh, may not really help you. So let me, let me set some context. At the start, Michelle, you mentioned actively managed funds or unit trusts. In general, typically speaking, in, in your mental map of things, you would expect actively managed unit trusts and funds 
to have management fees of you know above one percent, anything from one percent, one point two percent, maybe some as high as you know one point five percent. But if we look at passively managed strategies, or in the case in in this specific instance ETFs that are meant to passively uh, track an index, you would expect that the fees would be lower, so less than one percent. I would say. Comfortably, it would be anything from 0.2% all the way up to about 0.75, 0.8%. Right? This is the range that we're looking at. And it really depends on the underlying uh, complexity of the index of the instruments that this index is tracking. So given that context, 0.2 to 0.7, 0.8%, with a total expense ratio of 0.24% per annum for this ETF, uh, we can say it's generally on the lower side. It's generally cheaper. Diversify your investment portfolio with the ABF Singapore Bond Index Fund. Learn more at nicoam.com.sg/abf. You're with me, Michelle Martin. This is ETF Insights today. I'm with Eugene Lim, Senior ETF Business Development Manager from Nico Asset Management Asia, talking about the ABF Singapore Bond Index Fund. Who is this ETF suited for in terms of investor profile? But really good question. Who is it? Suitable for, I think it's it's really it might be really interesting for an investor who 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 wants to earn some passive income through a portfolio of government bonds, you know, government bonds, and not just any government, but the Singapore government, one of the highest rated in the world, right? Triple A rated Singapore government bonds, right? Uh, on top of the passive income that you would be expecting to get because of the semi-annual distributions, so once again, you know, you can look forward to more than one per year. There is some potential for medium to long-term capital appreciation should interest rates in the market start to fall. So I think that's that's the first group of investors that the ABF ETF uh, might be interesting to. The second group would be for investors who are familiar with the equity equity as an asset class, um, but they're looking to diversify their portfolio beyond equity, and they're not sure how to do that. I think then looking at bonds and looking at safe Singapore government bonds would be interesting because by doing so, by diversifying the portfolio beyond equities and also because this the ABF ETF has generally performed well during periods of you know, difficult market conditions, by diversification, it would actually reduce the risk of one's portfolio and increase the risk-adjusted returns of your portfolio. Interesting. Right? And, and, yeah. Yeah. And maybe the last group um, would be maybe foreign investors who might be interested to get exposure to the Singapore dollar, right? Because this is denominated in Singapore dollars. And, and we do know that Singapore dollar has always uh, been managed very prudently by the MAS. So if you want to get exposure to the Singapore dollar, this would be one place to look for it. Exposure to the Singapore dollar, one click, so to speak, to diversification. Great points. Is it true that I can start investing in this ABF ETF with $100 even lower than that, because the minimum lot size of the ABF ETF traded on the exchange, it's one. So one unit mm. costs roughly $1. So essentially, it means you can get access to this ETF with a minimum investment of only around $1, looking at today's market prices. But please do note that this is you know excluding any uh, trading costs or expenses. But I think the $100 is there because... There are regular savings plans that are very, really readily available through some banks or certain brokers, uh, which allows you to execute what we call a dollar cost averaging strategy, right? So usually the minimum 
amount that you need to invest in these regular savings plan is about $100, which is why as a simple rule of thumb, you know, for as low as $100, you can get exposure to the ETF through a, you know, a very useful dollar cost averaging strategy. Interesting. What steps would I need to take if I wanted to start investing in the ABF Singapore Bond Index Fund or the ABF ETF? Yeah, so I think going back to basics, I, I had to do that, right? I had to find a stockbroker. It just so happened that my, there's a bit of family history, my, 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 my dad is a stockbroker. So that was easy for me, right? But in, in our conversation, sometimes, you know, just get the basics, open up a trading account. We have a stockbroker. There are many, many in Singapore. There are very good ones out there. Uh, there's a lot of research that you can do. Uh, but you know, once you once you have got the the brokerage account open, that automatically gives you access to to the SGX. I think that the more pertinent question sometimes is, you know, what what sources of funds can I use to invest in the ETF? Right? You can use cash. That's usually the first port of call. But you can also use CPF. Mm. Uh, on top of that. Yeah, you can and and uh, the SRS, so the supplementary retirement schemes. So that's another source of funds that you can use to invest into the ABF ETF. Uh, I also mentioned regular savings plans. So you know, Google regular savings plans Singapore. There are a plethora of choices out there, and and really, I, I think in, in terms of Lucy saying you know, marriage made in heaven, uh, you know, ETFs and a dollar cost averaging strategy is, is really one of the two ingredients that go very well together. It should really be considered in any investor's investment toolkit. And, and so I'll just put it out there for, for investors who are looking at the ABF ETF to also look at a dollar cost averaging strategy in conjunction. An exclusive look at the ABF Singapore Bond Index Fund today with Eugene Lim, Senior ETF Business Development Manager from Nico Asset Management Asia Limited. That's a wrap for ETF Insights with me, Michelle Martin. Thank you, Eugene. Thank you so much, Michelle. Once again, a pleasure to be on the show. ETF Insights is brought to you by Nico Asset Management. Your goals, our commitment. Learn more at nicoam.com.sg slash ABF. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. You should read the prospectus and product highlights of the ETF before deciding whether to invest in the ETF. The value of the ETF units and income from them may fall or rise. Please refer to the important information in the synopsis of this podcast on our website for further details.